0: Welcome, everyone. This is Jeff Cohn with the Wall Street Resource. Joining me is Dimitri Costco. He's the CEO of Motorsport Games. Uh, Dimitri, uh, good morning and welcome.
1: Thanks, Jeff. Thanks for having me.
0: So, Dimitri, for those that aren't familiar with Motorsport Games, can you please just give us a quick overview of the company?
1: Sure. Uh, Motorsport Games uh, now trades on NASDAQ under. Uh, MSGM, uh, develops and publishes racing games. And we create exciting, immersive eSport experiences around some of the world's most iconic races and brands. And what that means is that uh, we create official games for brands like NASCAR, for example, uh, on all types of different platforms, uh, PlayStation, Xbox, mobile PC, etc. Uh, and we're currently developing of adding more to it We have additional exclusive licenses with uh, 24-hour Le Mans and British Touring Car Championship. So we're really inspired to be uh, a destination for all things virtual racing is considered. So we have an ambitious goal to expand this racing portfolio into multiple different racing disciplines, Uh, and uh, we're well on our way there. Very good.
0: And then so you do multi-platforms, and esports so can you give us an idea of what platforms and how esports plays into this
1: sure so we consider platforms are points of where our players are able to uh, interact with our games so to us uh, Xbox PlayStation PC uh, mobile uh, Nintendo switch in the future those are all different platforms you know cloud uh, would be another one once that comes to fruition Uh, And eSports plays into this role because eSports to us is really when we bring the best of competitive uh, gameplay uh, paired with a high-quality production uh, really creates this exciting, engaging uh, environment for the viewers. So whenever viewers are excited about uh, the products that people are competing on, which is our games essentially, that creates more awareness uh, around the products therefore uh, acts as a marketing tool for us uh, at the current times. And, and in the future, we hope that eSports will be a large enough uh, aggregate audience between all our multiple racing disciplines to be a self-sustained business as well. Uh, but for now, it's it's a marketing us.
0: Yeah, that was my question, if it was revenue or just marketing. But it sounds like it's going to be both and it's marketing now. Is that correct?
1: Uh, That is correct. It does generate revenue for us, so I cannot discount that. Uh, We do run our events efficient, and some have run at a profit, uh, but we're not focused on that as much as how large can the exposure be for our gaming products. Gotcha.
0: And then how big is the market that you're addressing?
1: So between the three different franchises that we hold exclusive licenses for, Uh, Some of the the most recent stats are actually slightly dated, but between them three, they have more than 650 million homes uh, worldwide uh, that those three franchises reach. Those three being in particular NASCAR, Lamont, and BTCC. So that we call our captive fan base, but that's not uh, our only focus. That is more of a starting base. So we look at actually penetrating into the gaming market, and with the help of mobile, hopefully that uh, uh, reaches closer to the 3 billion players worldwide. But for now, we have sort of a a waterfall approach on uh, our captive fan base, then the audience that we have uh, direct access to, which is uh, through our parent company, Uh, and after that, we hope to uh, penetrate the gaming audience.
0: So I see, um, you know, you have the exclusive licenses. Is that your your main differentiator from the competition in terms of standing out, or, or what else might
1: there be? Uh, I would say that's more of a focus. Uh, We believe that that's our our strength. So by us focusing and really inspiring to disrupt the the racing genre, which is actually paired with the sporting. Uh, because we are sporting title as much as we are racing title, right? This is similar to NBA or FIFA, for example, when you are releasing uh, games on an annual basis. So not only that we look to uh, penetrate and elevate ourselves to kind of the leading position, uh, we do want to make sure that um, our portfolio of racing games spans across all types of different racing disciplines, Uh, allowing us to have kind of the largest footprint, uh, in the genre and catering to anybody's kind of, uh, virtual racing desire needs.
0: Now I read that you recently won some awards and recognition. Can you speak to Mm -hmm. that a little bit?
1: Sure. So we, we definitely been, uh, underlined, uh, by some of the industry, uh, noted awards for what we have been able to achieve in the, in the past months, uh, One award that we've been, um, uh, or I should say one event that we've been winning uh, multiple awards for is the Lamont Virtual that we ran last summer. Uh, Lamont Virtual, so you could think of a a physical event during a pandemic, actually uh, was delayed. And because of that, we were able to step in with a virtual replacement. And that particular event had almost everybody who's who uh, participating in it. Uh, generating massive awareness uh, and as far as audience is concerned attracted more than 14 million uh, viewers live to a 24-hour race it was super exciting and because of that uh, company a couple of industry awards uh, have recognized us for the amount of exposure we're generated for the amount of uh, uh, interaction and technical challenges we have overcome uh, and, and it's been very exciting ever since Very
0: good. Now, is this a hits-driven business or just racing growing overall, or how would you describe it?
1: Uh, We we don't think it's a uh, hits-driven business uh, like some of, let's say, self-owned IT. This is why we really like and invest into franchises and hold exclusive licenses for. We believe that that gives us almost a predictable amount of business that we could do as a baseline. Now that's not something that we uh, solely focus on. We do believe that that's just a starting point for us. Uh, We believe that these brands, such as NASCAR, have enough audience uh, to sort of have a very good launch pad uh, to whom we could release our products to. But then, based on how good our products are, that launch pad or that captive fan base really becomes the starting point of a viral effect of how that helps us spread further so that way it's not sort of just if you're a hit or not a hit you're either succeed or sink as, as some uh games out there in the industry could be for us there's a almost a, a predictable uh, baseline as long as we continue to put out great products and we and go so from many, there
0: and how many products do you have on the market now and
1: so if we, uh, we do consider different products, even though it's one franchise, uh, we consider each one of the platforms a different product. And one of the reasons for that is uh, it shows how we're expanding each one of the franchises wider as we continue to stack one franchise on top of another. So, for example, right now, if I we was to generalize it, I could say we're four products under one franchise which is essentially those platforms I mentioned earlier, Xbox, PlayStation, PC, and mobile. And we'll add a fifth one uh, when we go to Nintendo Switch. And that's just on the NASCAR franchise. You could imagine us replicating that with BTCC, Lamont, and others that we attract. And that's just in a license basis. We do have additional products that we could add to it, which is our recent acquisition of CarCraft. That is when we expanded into the karting discipline, a super exciting, uh, well-regarded simulator, and the second one, which is quite large because it, it sort of encompasses additional products within, is the R Factor Two. So, also uh, arguably the best simulation platform uh, in the racing world.
0: Now, do you need proprietary um, hardware to go along with it, wheels or joysticks, or
1: is it open? There-
0: they're not required.
1: Uh, they do enhance the experience if you choose to, but we focus on a mass market, which means that uh, we start with uh, the mobile uh, reach, and the console products are those that could be enjoyed with a joystick. So just as out-of-the-box console product could be. Now, of course, you could, you know, enrich your experience by adding wheels and pedals. And the very cool part is, this is one of the very few. Um, gaming genres that actually allows you to share the same controls as the real world. So when it comes to esports and other things that we do, when we do run them on wheels and pedals, it does really help people imagine that they could become a, a real racer at, at one point in their career, and we have seen those things happen before.
0: Now, now you're not um, providing, you're not manufacturing those um Accessories; Those people can just buy off the shelf, correct?
1: Correct. We integrate with our partners, so we make sure that those type of peripherals are plug-and-play into our gaming products, uh, but no, we do not manufacture.
0: Okay. And then how about um, your eSport events? Are those all proprietary, or do you participate in other
1: eSport events? So we create our own events. I think of us more as an organizer and a platform, uh, mainly for... Uh, these franchises, Uh, we don't necessarily take uh, participation in other people's events. We're more of an organizer ourselves. Okay.
0: And then can you tell us about the the Motorsport Network?
1: Sure. So the idea of Motorsport Games was actually born out of our parent company, Motorsport Network. Motorsport Network happens to be the largest media company in the motorsport space, Uh, which means that they attract the most amount of um, eyeballs, per se, to the content that they generate constantly 24-7, so much so that more than 50 million people uh, are essentially hanging out there on a monthly basis consuming this content. And we have an exclusive relationship to be placing our products in front of that uh, audience.
0: Okay, and then who are these customers and, and how are you reaching them?
1: So m- most of these customers, they go as far as uh, demographics across the entire spectrum, uh, but we're mainly reaching them by understanding the, the user signals online and their interest points and targeting those uh, through just targeting ads or offers uh, that we're able to get in front of. Uh, we do generate quite a bit of um, exposure around our esport events. Uh, those tend to spread on a social basis. Uh, they uh, tend to be uh, syndicated in terms of live streams throughout on Twitch, YouTube, Facebook Live, etc., etc. And all that reaches uh, essentially similar interest point individuals who then get exposed to our products. And then it's our job to obviously convert them and build enough excitement that uh, participation is what uh, a viewer is desiring. And we allow a pathway there.
0: And then where are you building these games? Uh, Is it all U.S.? And is it outsourced or what?
1: So we actually have uh, six internal studios or uh, places around the world. So we do use some outsourced here and there, sometimes for art and so on. To help us scale further and create the content quicker, but all our games are developed in house between these studios. We have a studio in Orlando, our main office is in Miami, uh, we have a studio in Silverstone, we have a studio in Moscow, we have a studio in the Netherlands, and a recent edition of Australia.
0: Are you selling and marketing worldwide or, or
1: just uh, producing? We are. Uh, However, since uh, we're still a new company, uh, we've still only been around since 2018, uh, we have a very strong presence in the U.S., some European countries, and we continue to sign on more uh, distribution partners uh, and so on to help us on the global scale. But most of our products right now come from the NASCAR franchise, and that's where, uh, if, if you look at percentages basis, majority of our business tend to be uh, US, North America, some South America, and a little bit of Europe. But we do expect that to expand and diversify more globally as we bring more of these franchises online.
0: And how do the exclusive licenses work? Do they get a per game fee or do you front money or or how does it work?
1: Our our partners' interests are aligning with us by them uh, essentially uh generating royalties from the sales that we take in so from the sales that we generate therefore allows our partners like NASCAR and others uh to help us really promote uh the games that we put out to the market uh they're they're directly financially incentivized to do so
0: okay and and how do we make money what's the revenue model or models look like
1: so we we really sell our games as we were talking about on different platforms. So there is a sell of the game as the you could say initial uh, sort of monetization. Uh, then we do, do the usual. We provide DLC. We provide uh, uh, other type of content that could be for play, could be for for pay, or it could be for free. Um, and on our esports side, we currently subsidize our costs with sponsorship opportunities. And as I was mentioning earlier, we do have a track record of running some of those in the profit. But in the future, we believe that monetization will come from media rights opportunity uh, once we aggregate enough audience with our e-sport offering. Okay.
0: And what seems to be the the gating factor that, that holds back further growth?
1: Uh, The gating factor right now is how fast can we bring these exciting racing games to market. I would say that's probably the the biggest one, because we do want to put out great games, and great games take just manpower and uh, time to create. So because of that, that tends to be something that you pace yourself. uh, You kind of harness the excitement uh, up until that, that launch period.
0: Are acquisitions in the cards? And if so, are you staying within racing?
1: Well, we're definitely staying within racing. Uh, We like the genre of believe we could disrupt it. We have a great, passionate team who share that belief and uh, have enough experience uh, on what to do and what not to do when they were in other companies in order to really uh, move the needle. But as far as... uh, Acquisitions are concerned. We're always evaluating opportunities that would be synergistic. Uh, We have a very disciplined approach. Uh, It has to help our growth strategy and sort of accelerate that. And our growth strategy is to continue to expand our portfolio of racing products. So which means that if we stumble upon a great studio or another license uh, that's synergistic to us, uh, we would evaluate that. Okay,
0: And then how about the drivers, if you'll pardon the pun, uh, that really drive (laughs)
1: growth? Uh Well, uh, because we are uh, handling this world-class IP, obviously, and because we are owned by the largest media company, of course we have the attention of, let's call it, the real-world drivers, right? If that's that's where you're relating to. Um, Not only that we have their attention from participation in... uh, our e events, which then get so excited that they uh, social share their interactions. Uh, but also, some of them are our direct shareholders. So we have the likes of uh, Brad Kozlowski, Joey Logano, for example, uh, Fernando Alonso, uh, right, a multi-champion, is also our shareholder. So those are the type of folks, and, and the list sort of goes on, that we associate ourselves with, not just for – Uh, the better of our product, but also for, you know, kind of helping us share the uh, awareness of what we're really doing uh, into this genre.
0: And and I imagine new products um, are a big driver as well. Do we have any events or or catalysts coming as we look out over the next 12 months?
1: Well, the the interesting part is because we're a public company, you know, I have to be careful as to uh, how we – talk about the future event, the pipeline is definitely exciting. Uh, What we have been able to speak to publicly is that uh, we have a new NASCAR game that we've been building from scratch for a couple of years now uh, that is due to release at the second half of Q3 this year. So all uh, kind of uh, attention, excitement, and focus is going towards it. Uh, that is going to be something that uh, it's sort of marquee for us, something that we look to be very proud of, and it's a showpiece show to the world as to what we're able to produce internally. Um, and also what we're going to be building on top of as we stack on more and more franchises. And of course, prior to that and post that, we will be announcing uh, esport events. You could be uh, expecting us to launch a season three of. Uh, e NASCAR Pro League that we've been doing uh, two seasons so far. You could expect us to do similar with the Le Mans uh, in season, going into season three, as we've done the past two already, uh, and bringing online other esport events for the upcoming BPTC franchise and others that we plan to hinder.
0: Very nice. Anything um, that I failed to ask about, or any closing remarks that you want to bring home? <laughs>
1: Well, there's definitely many things uh, that uh, we could continue talking about, but one thing that I hope resonates is that, you know, we are a collection of passionate individuals who are really looking to disrupt the virtual racing space. Uh, We believe we have the talent. We believe we have uh, the technology. uh, We believe we have the IT, uh, therefore, Everything is kind of aligning, it's just a matter of execution, so sort of look out for us as we continue to bring uh, events and products to market.
0: In addition to the investors who may be listening, uh, for the gamers, uh, when's the next eSporting event?
1: Uh, so we have one actually June 10th, so just a couple of days from now. Uh, We're running a couple of series of different events, and June 10th is the next one. So I welcome uh, the listeners to uh, follow us on uh, the usual social platforms, uh, where we always keep our audience up to speed as to when is the next event or next product launch.
0: Very good. Well, Dimitri, thanks for sharing the motorsport game story.
1: Thank you, Jeff. Really appreciate your time.
0: Thank you.